Thank you so much. As usual, it's an honor to be here. I want to say a quick hello to the Coke family. Good to see you guys again. Um, you don't have to preach one Sunday, Dan. Okay, I look forward to hearing you preach one Sunday. But we do serve a great, wonderful, powerful, awesome, mighty God. And uh, Mark Elstrand, I've said many times, you can invite me back here anytime. All right? Um, next time I come, I think I'll have to sing. Why don't you guys clap? If it, it, I mean, did somebody warn you about my singing? Before I sing, okay, I think I should give you just a little, quick taste of my singing. I see trees of green, red roses too. Okay. <laughs> no, you're, I'm sure you're saying, Huntley, we need hope. We need hope from you singing or something like that. Anyway, let's pray. We give God thanks. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you never change. As we go into your word this morning, speak through me, Lord. Allow me to proclaim your word in such a way that lives will be transformed for your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We are celebrating the second Sunday in Advent. And we know Advent brings hope. To be honest with you folks, I have hope for a better next year. Next year has to be better. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You know, We cannot go through another year like we have gone through. So we are going to hope and we are going to pray for a better 2021. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about the beauty of hope. Hope is a beautiful thing. Open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, We remember before our God and Father... Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Endurance signifies patience, longevity, stick to itiveness. Notice the verse says endurance inspired by something. Endurance inspired by hope. Hope addresses expectancy, waiting for an unseen reality to become a reality. Listen to Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, No faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith operates in the realm of the unseen. Same for hope. Hope also operates in the realm of the unseen. You do not have hope for something you already have. And in order to have hope, you must have trust. I've said this many times and it's worth repeating. Trust is earned. Trust is earned. Can I trust you to keep your word? Will you make me a promise? Can you trust me to keep my word? You know at our home, when Natalie and her sisters were growing up, Many times they'd come and they'd ask us for presents. And I remember one occasion, um, they came and they asked for a bike. And I think it could have been Natalie. Dad, can I have a bike for Christmas? Okay, honey, I'll try. No, Dad, no, Dad, you cannot try. Dad, you have to promise. You see, in the Brown household, when we say, I promise, they know it's a guarantee as long as it's in our power to do so. So now you'll come for a bike. She said, Dad, can I have a bike? Well, honey, I'll try. No, Dad, you have to promise. Okay, I promise. All of a sudden, yeah, 
yeah. They do this dance. Her and all her sisters are excited. Now notice, there is no bike at home. But they are rejoicing. Why are they rejoicing? Because of hope. They know once mom and dad makes a promise, we're going to keep that promise. And in order to have true hope, you must have trust. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verses 29 to 32. Luke 2, verses 29 to 32 says, Lord, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. This is a very interesting passage. The priest was telling God, I am ready to come home now. Why? Because God, you made me a promise. And you kept the promise. What was the promise God made to this priest? God told him before he died, he would see the Messiah. Now that is truly one amazing promise. And I can imagine the priest waiting all this time. And finally, he goes to the temple. And here comes Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he simply says, Lord, you may now take your servant home. Because you are a promise-keeping God. You kept your promise, and now I am ready to come home. Now, in order to have that kind of hope, you need experience. Anyone can talk about God. But once you have been through a situation when you know you can trust God, then you can have true hope. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a concert ministry in South Carolina. And right after the concert ministry, I had to fly to, I think, West Virginia for a crusade rehearsal for the Billy Graham Association. Now, you have seen the Billy Graham crusades on TV, whether it's the festivals or the associate evangelists. And, um, you know, it's a big deal, you know. And before the crusades happen or festival, we have rehearsals. So as a pianist, I had to go for the rehearsal. Now, I made a mistake. When I booked the concert in South Carolina, I didn't realize the time for my flight from South Carolina to West Virginia. So when I arrived in South Carolina, the pastor met me at the airport and he said, Huntley, we have a problem. He said, we have you scheduled to minister for chapel on Monday morning. Chapel starts at 9 o'clock, ends at 10 o'clock. We are one hour from the airport. Your flight leaves at 11 o'clock. You are not going to make the flight. So I thought about it for a minute. I said, uh-oh. Yes, we have a problem. But immediately, I had hope. Why did I have hope? Because of my daddy. You see, the Lord and myself, we have an agreement. You know, each person has their own relationship with God. And I can't talk about your relationship. I cannot talk about mine. You know, I've said this many times. You cannot tell me God does not like me. Okay? You can tell me some other things. But you cannot tell me God does not like me. I know he loves me. As a matter of fact, I know I'm his favorite. No, don't be jealous this morning. Come on, no, don't be jealous. Here's the deal. God told me you are his favorite too. So we are all in the same boat. So we can have hope in God because he loves all of us. So what I did, decided to do was, okay, Lord, I have a problem and I need your help. So I mentioned to the pastor, I said, Pastor, okay, don't worry. Everything is going to be all right. God is going to delay the flight 
and I'll make the crusade rehearsal. He looked at me like I was crazy. And he looked at me like, okay, Huntley, I know you're from Jamaica. I know they have some stuff in Jamaica you're not supposed to be smoking, and you obviously are doing some of that. Huntley, chapel starts at 9 o'clock, ends at 10. We are one hour from the airport. So I said, Pastor, I know, but you have to understand who my heavenly daddy is. He looked at me, just shook his head. Anyway, Monday morning came, chapel started at 9 o'clock, and that 10, we started driving for the airport. I said, Pastor, I will email you and give you the good news. Everything is going to be all right. So I got to the airport, and friends, I did not even run into the airport. I went to the back, got my luggage, opened luggage, got a CD. I said, Pastor, here's a CD. Enjoy on your way back to your hometown, and I'll email you. So I walk up to the desk, and I said to the person, um, I'm here to check in for this flight. I gave them my paperwork. The guy looked at the paperwork, saw the flight number, and he literally got angry. He looked at me and said, you are now just checking in for this flight? I said, yes, sir. And he went like this. Brr, brr, brr. He printed off the ticket and said, go to the gate at once. I said, yes, sir. I didn't argue. I went to the gate. Flight was delayed. A few people saw me checking in and they said, man, you are just checking in for this flight now? And I remember a gentleman said, man, you are lucky. I said, no, you don't know who my heavenly daddy is. You see, I have a history. I could trust God and I could be sharing stories, stories all morning of how wonderful, how amazing my wonderful heavenly daddy is. So I have hope and I have trust in my wonderful, amazing heavenly father. Let's go to Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, while we wait... For the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are all waiting for the blessed hope. The priest we talked about earlier was also waiting for the blessed hope. But in his lifetime, he saw Jesus. Now for us, we do not know when Jesus is going to return. It could be in our lifetime, it could be after we're gone. But we know for sure God can be trusted. And we know for sure he promised us that one day Jesus is going to return. The question is, how are you doing in the waiting period? It's one thing to say you have hope. Because you're believing for a reality that is not present. It's another thing to go through the waiting period. And there are many things that you can do in the waiting period. One thing you can do is examine your beliefs. Why do you believe what, what you believe? You know, I mentioned Jamaica. I came from Jamaica in 1984. Went to Judson University. Wonderful university. Then you went to Judson as well. And um, after Judson, I went to Northern Illinois University for my master's. Now, Northern Illinois University is a wonderful university too. There's a difference. NIU is not a Christian university. And when I got to NIU, they were asking me questions, to be honest, I really could not give adequate answers for. They knew I had hope in Jesus. But they were asking questions like, how do you know there's a God? How do you know the Bible has not been tampered with? How do you know all roads do not lead to God? And friends, the truth is, 
I did not have adequate answers for their questions. So I decided to have a meeting with myself. So I called a meeting with myself. And I sat down and I said, Huntley Brown, yes, you have hope. But Huntley, why do you believe what you believe? Have you asked yourself the same question? Why do you believe what you believe? When I examined my belief system, I discovered my beliefs were not based on my own critical thinking. My beliefs were based on what my parents, my pastors, my brothers, my friends, teachers taught me. So I had to ask the question, what if there's something they taught me that was wrong? How would I know? So at this meeting, I decided to go on a journey to justify and solidify my own belief system. And friends, right now, I can tell you, praise God, I can tell you exactly why I believe what I believe. I have enough evidence, but also I know that some of what I believe is by faith. Many times people say, well, Huntley, as Christians, you guys believe some crazy things. Now, let us be honest. They are not lying. I mean, they, they are telling the truth from a worldly perspective. We believe some crazy things from a world perspective. Let me give you a few examples. We believe a donkey spoke to a man in Numbers. Balaam and a donkey had a conversation. We believe that. We believe Samson was strong because he had long hair. We believe Abraham and Sarah had a son when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. We believe that. Now, this is a very interesting story. God made Abraham and Sarah promise to have a child. They lost hope in the waiting period. And what did Abraham do? He went, had a child outside of his marriage, messed the entire world up. We are still dealing with the consequences of Abraham's sin. But God showed up and said to Abraham, No, this was not my promise. Next year, this time, you're going to hold a son in your arms. And just like God promised, they had a son. How are you doing in the waiting period? I know you have hope. But how are you doing before hope becomes a reality? That is where the work is done. We have to trust God. We have to believe. We have to pray. And Abraham and Sarah had their son the following year. Now, like I mentioned, we believe some crazy things. Here's another thing we believe that people think we're crazy. We believe that three guys were thrown into a fiery furnace and did not burn. You all believe that, right? Say amen. Oh, I believe that. All our friends on the outside are looking at us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We believe that for sure. And let us examine the story because there's hope all over the story. See, for those who don't know the story, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, built the statue. He commanded the entire nation to worship the statue. But the man of God said, no, king, we cannot worship the statue. Because God told us not to. For us, this is a non-negotiable. The king got so angry, he called them in. He said, guys, am I hearing correctly? Are you telling me you are not going to worship my statue? Now listen to this conversation. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve 
is able to deliver us from it. Now listen to hope. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This got the king so angry, he said, throw them into the furnace. And they threw them in the furnace. And something amazing happened. The king jumped up, he looked, and he saw four people. He said, wait, didn't we throw three guys into the furnace? How do I see four? And they're walking around unharmed. What was the king looking at? He was looking at the beauty of hope. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego placed their hope and trust in God that no matter what was going on, God was going to be there for them. And the king looked and saw Jesus. Notice the king said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out. They came out. Three of them came out. But in the fire, Therefore, it's the same for you this morning. You might be going through a difficult time. You might be here saying Christmas is different this year. You might be here saying, I do not feel like I can take another step. Rest assured, God cannot lie. And he has made you a promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. That means when you are in the storm, when you are in the fire, God is with you. And you can rejoice because of that this morning. And you can put your hope and trust in God. Because once God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. And he delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Also in the book of Daniel, we find another interesting story. Daniel put his hope and trust in God. And he decided no matter what laws are passed, no matter what people said, he was going to worship and pray only to God. A few people got angry with Daniel. Why? Because he was being promoted. And they tried to demote Daniel. Tried to not only demote him, they tried to kill him. So they devised a plan to take out Daniel. What was this plan? They went to the king and said, King, for the next 30 days, no one should worship any other person or pray to anyone else but to you. The king wasn't a believer. He had no idea he was being set up. So the king said, okay, we'll go with that. You want to honor me like this? Okay, let's do that. So they found Daniel praying to the only true God. And they came and said to the king, King, we caught that guy Daniel praying to a God and not to you. Immediately the king realized he'd been set up. He tried to save Daniel, but he couldn't. He had to give Daniel the death penalty. Listen to what the king said when he gave Daniel the death penalty. Daniel chapter 6, verse 16. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, listen to hope, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Will your God rescue you this morning? We have to remember, guys, sometimes things do not turn out the way we want them to. But we trust God nonetheless. And the king said to Daniel, will your God deliver you? That's hope. And notice what the king did. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 18 to 22. Daniel 6, 18 to 22 says, Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. What was the king doing? He went on a fast. 
he decided to fast and to pray, to try hope, to see if the hope Daniel had would work. He says, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. This makes no sense to the natural mind. You just gave someone the death penalty. You just executed someone. You went in fast and prayed. Now you're getting up next morning to go to the lion's den. Why? You killed the man the night before. But in the case of the king, he was saying to himself, you know what? I do not know Daniel's God. But Daniel obviously has hope. Daniel obviously has experienced the beauty of hope. So just maybe what Daniel is telling me might work out. So the king went to the, to, to the den. He says, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? I can see the king standing outside. Silence. Waiting. What are we going to hear? And I can imagine the silence was deafening. What were they listening for? They were listening to see if hope would become a reality. And all of a sudden, the king heard these words. O king, live forever. My God, my God sent his angels and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. No, have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. Wow, I can imagine the king dancing, jumping. He had just experienced the beauty of hope. You see, friends, without hope you have nothing. Without hope you give up. Without hope you're going to say to yourself, what is the use of even trying? Hope is a beautiful thing. And Daniel held on to hope and God rescued him. Do you have hope this morning? Remember this. No matter what you're going through, you plus God is always a majority. It does not matter the numbers. It does not matter how it looks. You plus God is always a majority. Now, a couple of years ago, they had a movie called Dumb and Dumber. Crazy movie. Now, you know, in this, in this movie, um, Jim Carrey was trying to get a date with this wonderful lady. So he asked her, what are my chances of going out with you? He said, is it one in a hundred? You know, he said, one in a hundred, one in a million? And uh, she responded to him, take a look at this clip. We have this clip here. It's born. Take a look uh, if you have the clip ready. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say... More like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you know, that's crazy. She said one in a million. 
but he heard one and he had hope. How about us? We have God on our side. If Jim Carrey can get hope one in a million, folks, we have a lot to give God thanks for because we serve a great God who is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He said, no matter the situation, no matter how difficult it looks, put your hope and trust in me and everything will be all right. You see, friends, why do we have hope this morning? We have hope because we know this is not the end. This is not it. We are looking forward to eternity. And that is why we have hope. We are waiting for the blessed hope. Have you noticed that as believers, when we go to funerals, we do not grieve like everyone else. Yes, we grieve. Yes, we are hurt. But we do not grieve like everyone else. Why? Because we have experienced the beauty of hope. Listen to these verses from 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. He's saying, we do not grieve like people who have no hope. Here's why. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Oh, those are wonderful words. We have all lost friends, loved ones. And friends, we hold on to these verses that even though we grieve now, we know this is not it. This is just the beginning. We have hope because God can be trusted. We have hope because God has made us promises that we know he's going to keep. And the only way you can have true hope this morning is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In closing this morning, do you have hope? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? I want to end with an example I use all the time. If you're watching online and you're saying, you know, Huntley, I do not have hope. Talk to me. You know, when God looks at all of us, he's, this hand represents us. He sees us. This phone represents our sins. God sees us plus our sins. God has to do something about our sins. So what did God do? This hand represents Jesus. Sinless, spotless. And all God is asking us to do in order to have hope and to experience a relationship with him is take our sins from off ourselves and make a transfer by doing this. So knowing God looks at us, he does not see us perfect. None of us are perfect. But he sees us clean. Why? Because we took our sins from off ourselves, put them on Jesus. You might say, well, Hunt, let's see the illustration. How do I do that? It's simple. Just invite Jesus to come into your heart. 
to forgive you for all your sins, to make you new. Can you bow your heads this morning? Everyone bow your heads. If you're here, you're watching online as well, and you say, Huntley, I don't have hope. And the truth is, I've never really invited Jesus to come into my heart. I'd like to do that this morning. Can you just put your hands up and put it back down? I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass you. Yes, anymore. Just put your hands up and put it back down. We're simply going to have a prayer. Anyone, anymore. Yes, if you're watching online, um, you can go ahead, put your hands up and put it back down. Anymore before we pray. All we're saying this morning is, we want you to have hope. And true hope comes as a result of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Anymore. All right. Everyone pray this prayer out loud after me. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please come into my heart and make me new. And from this moment on, I promise to live for you. Give me the strength to live for you each day. And give me the hope that we're talking about this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you pray the prayer meant it, welcome to the family of God. Now you can experience true hope. Because we do serve a wonderful God who hears and he answers prayer.